I'm sitting here in Amman, Jordan, at the end of the year 2019, with someone whose impact on the Arabology show cannot be denied. Raniel Kurdi, you were one of my very first interviews on the Arabology show, and here we are years later sitting in Amman. Welcome back to Arabology. Hi, Ramzi. I'm so happy to be here. I can't compete with your lovely low sexy tones I'll oh, try my, my, yes <laughs> well that's a typical response from Rania Kurdi who always have, finds a way to make people feel better through laughter through uh, empowerment through so many things you're doing and but that this is intended as a continuation part because, two part two because <laughs> mashallah you have been quite busy so Rania I want to start with what you've done since our first interview and one of the things that comes to mind is the song now correct me if i'm mispronouncing whistlot yeah whistlot which yeah. means what it means message received i mean that's how i'd like it to be uh, uh, hey. understood uh, and it's in the jordanian dialect yeah yeah but it's 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 a very interesting video and song it's it's is it rap is it sarcasm is it okay <laughs> it is rap and it is sarcasm and it I could kind of say it's like uh, Eminem being Slim Shady. You know, I find a way to say what it is I want about society or about the Arab pop scene through song and through sarcasm. So already in the show, the Rania show, I had uh, one of the characters be a pop star or a wannabe pop star, you know, who actually was talentless, but was relying on just skimpy clothing and lots of plastic surgery. We're talking and about Sasha. We're talking about Sasha Abinajme and her song, Anna, 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 <laughs> which means me, me, me. And what better title for her? Yeah. Because it's all about her. I mean, you, you revived her, a character we loved on the Rania show. Mm-hmm. Uh, as part of this music video rap, tell me with who, tell me how, okay, how yeah. it happened. So I felt like I hadn't finished my story with Sasha, that I needed to drive that <laughs> message a bit clearer. Um, just because the younger generation are really following in the steps of like, you know, the Kim Kardashians and the, it's all about looks, it's all about Instagram likes, it's all about the shallow um, side to it, which is causing a lot of mental health issues and depression. So Sasha Sasha Abi Najmi is a character that I created that's a wannabe Arab pop star, but she's actually talentless and reliant on just, you know, uh, very flimsy clothing. Is that a very British word? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no, we use that in the States. Oh, okay. And uh, plastic surgery and um, f- that kind of fake girliness, stupidity kind of persona in order to succeed. Uh, and sadly, actually, that is what succeeds at the moment because mm. I have played Sasha in society and performed as her and been out in public as her just to test it out before I actually came out with the character in the Rania show. And uh, she gets a lot more attention than I do. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this is such, a, such an interesting commentary mm. because people bought it. Yes. They thought you were really, because the, you know, yeah, yeah. that you were a real person yeah and while the joke was on them mm. because later when they found out it was Rania Kurdi in yeah. disguise for me it's more a message to the youth I don't want them to be fooled so much that this is what brings happiness that it's fame you know fame is everything or beauty and that surface you know being liked um, on Instagram or having a huge following 
that that actually brings you happiness because everybody nowadays is just faking it and using beauty filters and feeling very very self-conscious and it's leading to a lot of mental health and depression so you know I really wanted to drive that message home that if people didn't really get that through the comedy um, I thought a rap song where I can be angry about it (laughs) and I can play um Um, Sasha in it uh, would really show and be clear and my daughter played the role of the young girl who's influenced by these pop characters and who wants yeah (laughs) who wants to be like them and then uh, she's then inspired by the rapper and and um, feels like you know I kind of feel empowered by the rapper who's athletic and boxes and you know, and changes course at wow. the end of the video. And, and who was the video with? Uh, it was featuring Amr Tahir, who is a Jordanian rapper. And uh, I've always thought, you know, he has a lot of talent and he doesn't get the exposure like nearly all of us here in Jordan. But you know, it's really difficult. Deserves, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it'd be nice for him to be in a music video as well. He'd never done that. He'd done a lot of live shows. And I trusted that he could write me a rap about the subject that I wanted and teach me how to do it as well because it's really not easy so rap isn't my thing but I was I also like a challenge of this isn't my thing haven't done this before want to do it Thank you.
Uh, we're back right here on the Arabology Show with the one and only Rania Kurdi. Bil Arabi Rania Al Kurdi. Bil Inglisi Rania Kurdi no Al. Yeah, I find Kurdi is just easier either way, really. Yeah. This whole Al Il that everybody has <laughs> just complicates it. I hear, yeah, something yeah. or a something. Oh, and in Lebanon, I'm Kurdi. Kurdi. Hey, Kurdi. Habibi. So, uh, so I want to I want to talk a little bit about your film and TV. Uh, career, because as we all know, Rania Kurdi is not easy to define. And whether we want to talk about the comedy, we want to talk about the the music career, or we're going to talk about the film career, you're managing to do a little bit of everything still, and be full time mom, yeah. single mom, right, with, with the kids, with two kids, yeah, <laughs> mashallah, mashallah. You're now in England, Rania yes, Sheikh, yes. And, so and there's a lot that I had to turn down, or a lot that I don't do. Um, And, you know, what I've managed in between, thank goodness, is usually usually something I'm happy with or quality or worth having taken the time to do. And one of those, I think, is the movie Daphne. Yeah, Daphne was a great experience and it didn't require a lot of days of filming from me. But um, it was a, a beautiful couple of scenes that I was in at the end of the movie. But what's interesting is... You know, I knew that there were big names in the movie and I was really excited to work with Emily Beecham. And Geraldine Jones. And Geraldine Jones. Unfortunately, I don't have a scene with Geraldine, but, you know, yeah, but I, I did with she's Emily. In film, right? She's in the film. And it's a beautiful story. But when you have um, a smaller part, you don't actually get the full script. So I was just told by the director, who's Scottish, <laughs> Uh, a, a general a general idea of the story and I didn't really understand where my scene fit in like how it made sense to the whole movie right. so when we went to see the screening of it I was blown away that <laughs> our scene me and the the uh, husband in the um, in the film is like the whole the whole crux of the whole idea of the film because oh, you really? know yeah she's somebody who's really struggling in her 30s with her life and she's really unhappy and you can see how she really sabotages herself and her career as a she's uh, the, the Sudanese character no, no. yeah I am the yeah. Sudanese well, character yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sorry, but you. I mean <laughs> Emily Beecham uh, uh, has, is lost in life and it's something that happens to do with us and when she comes to our house and she's you know welcomed into the family that changes things for her, that finally gives her that kind of happiness and uh, closure. So it was really lovely then to understand where it comes in the film. But you could be, you know, negatively surprised. I mean, you could turn up at a thing and go, oh, my God, what have I been involved in? You but, know? I mean, Daphne's available, I think, on Amazon yes. and Prime. We yeah, can, well, yeah, we can watch it. Yeah. And now knowing that, you know, the background, I think when I see your scene, yes. I intend to watch this right away. <laughs> so I had to do uh, a Sudanese <laughs> accent. I, I really didn't expect to get the part of a Sudanese um, But then, I mean, that doesn't surprise me, the fact that you're able to, you know, capture accents and mimic, and it just comes so naturally to you, Rania. I mean, is this something that you've always had, like, since school, let's say, yeah. since childhood, the ability to just transform into different personalities? Yes, I think I was a real people's watcher, and I would take in details of what made people that character, you know, their movements, their voice, the the accents, And um, enjoyed doing that, probably because I was bored and an only child. I had to entertain myself somehow. This was, this was in Jordan yes. uh, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, of course, led to the Rania show and the many, many uh, iconic characters that you've created. I remember walking with you a few months ago in the streets of Amman. People were 
telling you who their favorite kid character yeah. is. Uh, Sasha seems to be resurfacing a lot. Yes. Uh, well, Sasha's more the message. <laughs> uh, the other ones are like archetypes that are, you know, in our society. But the message isn't, you know, as, as deep as Sasha's for me anyway. But what is so nice is seeing how many people enjoy imitating them still. I mean, it's been seven years since wow, that show. Wow. And I still daily receive on my Instagram videos with people with filters playing them, doing the voices. They understand what that character would say. And only yesterday, a fan I have who's in L.A., I said to him, listen, you do Iptisam, who's Arwa's friend so well. Do you oh, want yes, us? The one who she talks to on the other side. I of talk the, on the phone. Of the webcam. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you want to be Iptisam? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So we did an Iptisam Arwa yesterday. Oh, wow. I videoed myself and I put him on loudspeaker. Now, now everyone wants to know who he is. And uh, then another girl wrote to me and said, can I please do Olga with your Olla? I do the accent. So I think I've started like a, let's do a, a sketch with a fan at the moment on my and Instagram. You, and, and, and you've been so generous in terms of your time and in terms of your um, kindness towards your fans. In fact, I remember, uh, didn't you make a video that included, you know, sort yeah. of highlights from different fans yes. around the world playing yeah. different characters? Yeah, when I had Snapchat, um, that was the biggest joy was seeing everybody that was imitating, sending me videos. And then I thought there's so many and people need to see them. I'm going to do a compilation. And um, I was actually asked in Cambridge to give a talk at um, Cam Creative. It's about any creative topics. And they wanted me to explain how I was managing to use Snapchat as a vehicle to do um, comedy sketches so yeah. you were only allowed to film for 10 seconds at a time oh wow yeah so I would literally so, so do 10 Snapchat. seconds 10 seconds 10 <laughs> seconds as if I was a director that would take a shot from here a long shot from there a middle um, over shoulder whatever and I would include people in my day-to-day -day life and it would I would improvise and it would just have a beginning middle and an end all by itself somehow I went to Camp Creative to give the talk, but the most powerful part of the talk was them and their reaction to seeing Arabs having fun and seeing the fans that made the videos, oh, wow. especially the guys, yeah, the guys just being silly, dressing up as females, having a laugh, doing my voice. They were blown away. They said, we've never seen Arabs in this light, you know, <laughs> so to see them really just enjoy themselves yeah, and, yeah. and um, be so cute was but, what the... But you're not using the Snapchat platform now. No, so now much. I've switched yeah. to Instagram, which Instagram, is Kurdi Rania. I mean, in terms of, of the of each of these characters mm. which one do you feel you get the most um, sort of recognition for or the most poignant in terms of the way it has affected Jordanian society you know everyone has a different favorite but the ones I'm asked for the most are Ghalia who's the lady of society and I think in any culture People love having a dig at the lady of society mm -hmm. who's shamed or shown up for, you know, <laughs> her fakeness. Uh, so in England, there's a Mrs. Bouquet. Uh, right. Yeah, it was actually right. a Mrs. Keeping Bucket. Keeping up appearances. Yeah, right. yeah. She's Bucket, but she pronounces it Bouquet. Yeah, so I think every culture has one of them. Wow. And Bihalia we always, is she is that. So everybody knows somebody who's like that and can't stand it and would love to say to their face. So I think she's like, you know, the punch bag that everybody enjoys seeing. But I've managed, uh, which I'm glad, is to show that kind of um, side of her that is desperate to be something that she isn't, that you can pity her and have some empathy as well. Yes, yes, I could see yeah. that too. But there is such an overpowering annoyance in that, <laughs> in that 
vibration of her voice yes, that reminds yes. us of so many women of yeah. society that we've grown up with. And I man. couldn't decide at the time, did I want a high pitch or did I want that lower kind of smoker tone? You know, I because I, these middle-aged women of, of that... has got that, that sort of piercing quality. Yeah, so she's like this. It's all very airy, you know? <laughs> when she calls her husband. Yeah. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's Ghalia. And Arwa is the, the secretary, the flirt that's desperate to find a husband. And that's the only reason she's working in a doctor's clinic, yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, so With many doctors. And, uh, I yeah. mean, she wears a hijab, but it's always... Yeah, you know, she's uh, revealing uh, more uh, than uh, uh, what she should. <laughs> and um, people like her because she really is in every doctor's clinic. I don't know what it is about doctor's <laughs> clinic, but no. they think that's a good place to find a man. Yeah. And every doctor I've been to always is complaining to me about their secretary you know oh we haven't got one at the moment because she found a husband and she's left now we're looking for the next one always so oh, wow. i think because she's so real uh, arwa is a favorite uh, arwa is is a, is, a, is a favorite of mine i yeah. have to tell you and the way she just flirts shamelessly you know Sh while uh, trying oh <laughs> I can't believe I'm sitting with Anya Kurdia as we talk about these beloved characters that seven years later are still, you know, in people's memories and, 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 and continuing on. I want to go back a little bit to um, your TV career because mm -hmm. I know something about a show called Doctors. Oh yeah, uh, in the UK, <laughs> and uh, I guess Rania Kurdi, who, who manages to pop up in unexpected places, yeah. had a role on that show. Could you tell me a little bit about that's the show? A, for... That's a BBC daytime TV okay. kind of housewife <laughs> show where the you know it's kind of ER but a bit more <laughs> like laid back. Opera. Yeah, oh, it's okay. a bit soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's always fun to have a part on Doctors and you film two days in Birmingham and yeah it was a really I mean, good was it something you auditioned for or something yes yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what was the role can you tell me this uh, is hilarious she, <laughs> <laughs> she's a Saudi Arabian very rich woman but depressed and, and living kind of in this empty mansion where her husband always cheated on her actually her husband turns out to be gay and he's never oh, wow. around yeah <laughs> she has a young girl that's um, house help but illegally so she's kind of got her down in the cellar that oh, lives God. there and you know they don't know about her in England but she slaps her one day being drunk who slaps who I slap that? her oh, okay. and she gets revenge and pushes me down the stairs so I have a big dramatic falcon crest uh, Dallas kind of death that's what I heard about does it like you know <laughs> yes this long because oh! I had to like do the voiceover of just they're like can you give us a couple of screams before you go you know so I gave them a big one a small one a short one a long one and they use them all <laughs> i didn't expect them to use all of them so this never-ending tumbling down the stairs and what was funny as well is because in england it's all health and safety you know we don't do any stunts that are dangerous and we have a mattress and we have a, a double and we have this and we have that but and you did it yourself the whole yes fall. well it's not a whole fall but i had to let go of the banister and throw myself onto the guy oh behind me 
And I was like, yeah, 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 because we're so used to doing everything here. <laughs> we're tough, tough. That, yeah, before, before he was even ready, I like just threw myself and the guy went, wait, no, no. Wow. You know, they really panicked. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was funny. But um, you end up dead. <laughs> I end up dead and there's this horrible big close up on my armpit. <laughs> I'm in this beautiful dress, great makeup and hair, and then they take a close-up of my armpit. I mean, it sounds like the part written for you. That's what I'm saying. Did you audition or did they come to you? Because well, they, they called Saudi me through. Saudi and Arabi. Yeah, they called me through my agent. Uh, actually, I think I got the part without auditioning, yeah, probably. Yeah. I can't really remember for that one. And so that is Doctors, which airs on uh, TV. BBC, the, yeah. The, the, I just got paid for a repeat in uh, Wales. So oh, obviously wow. it plays every now and then. Again. <laughs> <laughs> when I come back, Rania, I would mm. love to talk to you a little bit about the one woman show, including a very maybe serious side to Rania Kurdi. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we come back. show here and uh, I have the pleasure of sitting here at the end of December 2019 with Rania Kurdi who has been so gracious with us through the years always sharing her news and her music and her talent and her humor with our Herbology listeners and in a way Rania I mean you're bringing a slice of Jordanian society to an unfamiliar audience meaning people in the US who Mm -hmm. don't really understand what it's like to live in Amman the different classes the different religions the different mentalities and and they all you're presenting them all uh, any uh, plans to subtitle the, the Rania show yes, yes. because um, I think that yeah. would really you know it would function as, as a great vehicle to introduction to certain stereotypical if you want to say um, Jordanian uh, uh, personalities and yes, characters yeah. I mean a lot of the humor though is also in the accent which will be missed I think even if it's subtitled but and it will still play. have some the yeah, world yeah, yeah. yeah the word play but I have to tell you I played one of the Rania shows um, in class and it didn't have subtitles but it was you know for Yes. American students who were learning Arabic and it was, you know, they had had a year. They got it. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was the show where Arwa was welcoming a, um, a guy to the uh, clinic mm. and he was so obviously gay mm. and and she was still, still trying you know i was telling her i'll go shopping with you and, yeah and she was still doing it and they got it and they were able to relate to it in yeah. terms of you know um, you yes. see but then they'll miss the joke at the end where her friend tells her marry him anyway but what does that mean in english i don't that? know <laughs> it's it's not he'll toughen up but it's kind of like right, he'll tighten up he'll tighten up like she always gives her advice 
advice that there's, you know, an excuse, you know, they'll be fine after marriage. Just marry them. The old guys, the twins, the teenager, they'll all, they'll all be fine. Well, let's turn to the one uh, woman show that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I know this is in development and this is something that you've been thinking about for mm -hmm. a long time in terms of what would be the best vehicle to get this out there. Uh, would, you know, stand-up comedy, mm -hmm. inspirational talk, a sort of motivational speech. Mm -hmm. um, where are you in terms of thinking about the show now? Yeah. Well, in the past, I really thought about doing stand-up comedy and a lot of people suggested that I do it after the sketches were liked so much and people asked me to do these characters. And I've got so many other characters as well that I do now and again on YouTube or Snapchat or, or Instagram um, in English as well. So I thought that, yeah, it might be a nice way to bring them all together and be able to tour and reach, you know, other audiences and be in theatres, which would be nice because yes. um, I am a theatre actress and I do like that atmosphere. But um, there was always something that just didn't settle or feel right for me to do stand-up. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. But after I trained as a coach and um, I've had a lot of therapy and I've been coached um, and with energy and EFT and CBT, you know, I've tried the lot of regression, mm -hmm. hypnosis. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. I've always been interested in it. I took lots of workshops in different things, but I never actually trained to be one. So I finally did that, got that off my bucket list. Mm -hmm. And I'm now coaching people one to one and feel that that whole stand-up comedy is beginning to make sense to me now why I didn't want to do stand-up because there's something self-deprecating about it. You're telling people only the parts that's going to make them laugh of something that might have been very painful or depressing for you. Right. And so you're kind of missing out the bits and giving them the full story so that they have a good old time while really you're like stabbing and not being kind to yourself. Right, right, at your expense. Yeah, yeah. and then I watched um, a stand-up comedian. Was it Hannah? Hannah, Gats yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah and Gatsby, It was I called think. Nanette, I think. Yeah, so I realized that that was what was stopping me from doing that. And now that I'm really excited and passionate about giving motivational talks, and I have been, um, giving them to empower other women or people in general to hear my story and my struggles. And I'm very transparent about that because, you know, it might seem like everything has gone so well right. uh, and so easy. From the outside. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they don't really know why I don't continue with things. You know, like this program was a big hit, but you know, everyone's saying we want part two, we want part three. Why aren't you doing it? Because I can't do it. You know, yeah. I don't have the production. Right. I don't have the support from Jordan. So there's so many things that are difficult and upsetting that happens behind the scenes right. that make you not able to continue. You know, it took three years of me struggling to get that done. And then when it did get done, it wasn't done the way I had hoped. And the way that it was aired, not all together as five characters in each episode, because for them, they oh, like oh, dragging really? it out. Yeah, so they play two and a half minutes per day in Ramadan. Oh. So nobody understood what on earth I was doing or what it was about. So I got really uh, negative feedback the first see, it's year. it's different when we watch it online. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a playlist and you can watch each, yes. each character like entirely or you can jump yes. around so then you understand the flow wow, you I understand so, that they it, uh, yeah. so. so it took years for people to actually appreciate it and understand it and so if I bring my humor my characters into explaining my story 
in a TED Talk. It will kind of feel like a stand-up comedy, but it'll have purpose. And, and it will so. be motivational. And yes. also, I think one of the things you're very interested in, and I'm so proud of you, is you continue to try to empower women. Can you tell me a little bit more about um, this balance in terms of, the, of, of comedy and mm. empowerment? Mm -hmm. You know, I know what it's like to be objectified and to... Uh, not be seen for your talents and given the chances that you um, deserve perhaps in this business. But we kind of just accept it as women because that's just how it is. And I think I didn't even see it for what it was before the whole Me Too came out. And even when that did... I still was like, yeah, what are they talking about? You know, you I wasn't... You didn't relate right No, away. it was because through you know, a lot we're of... we're talking about, you know, back to the superstar days, to, yeah. the, um, to the image, I think, that they were trying to, you know, make of you yeah. that you were not comfortable with. You yeah. know, they wanted you to sing these passionate Egyptian love songs, which you did beautifully, yeah. by the way. Thank you. <laughs> but, but, you know, it wasn't necessarily what you wanted. Yes. To, that wasn't necessarily the direction you wanted to go. But also the other pressures, you know, of who the management was or who was paying the money and what they wanted from you in return and what I wasn't willing to do would always stunt how far I could move forward. So people say, well, it was really successful. Why didn't you continue? And it's yeah. not the sort of thing you can say, well, because so-and-so right. <laughs> was sexually harassing me, right. Right. you know, and even family members don't really want to hear that because yeah. you're seeing, they're seeing you be so successful um, and they're kind of loving the mm. limelight themselves. And that's sort of a universal thing in yeah. terms of the Me Too movement. But in your case, I think you're one of the first Arab women to talk about that in terms of the industry here because we know it and it's yeah. rampant. And the interest industry here, I think, is far worse. But no because, one talks about yeah, it, the right? stories that I've heard the women are were shocking. Just, this is something you would actually broach in your TED talk. Yeah, and now that I'm coaching, it's shocking that I have not spoken to one woman that has not had some sexual harassment wow. from a young age. Are you talking, uh, uh, including you know, myself? All, all, you know, in England, in yes, Jordan. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, not there, just... there is this commonality, yeah. sadly, yeah. where you know the, the East, West, whatever the concept yeah. of this you know, objectification of this kind of, I mean, you know, even rape in, yeah. in, in some cases ends up being... And it's the, not the, what the, we the always imagine it to be, like this scary attack, which is how we think of it. You know, I had been groomed from age 13 to 18 and have only just realized last year that that's what it was. Wow. I thought it was a loving relationship with a bit of a narcissist psycho, mm, <laughs> you know? Mm, mm, that's mm. as far as I'd reached with it until I actually thought, oh my God, how we can change the story, block some things just because maybe it's uncomfortable or we've lied to ourselves or been lied to for so for long so that long. we've believed it. Yeah. And so now that I've helped other people have those aha moments and we can realize how we think it wasn't traumatic, but it's affected every decision we've made or mm. every bad relationship we've had is because of something way back. I mean, that's what's good about being um, a public figure is that I feel that I can help in some way or speak up for some people as well. I have a lot of LGBTQ that, um, that approach me as well that feel that I would understand. I don't know how they get that vibe from my characters or from what I do, but a lot of people that I coach are, you know, yeah. um, 
had to leave the country, have problems, are in a marriage they don't want to be in, and um, they yeah. reach out to so, me. So it's not just women's empowerment, no, it's marginalized no. sexualities yeah. in, yeah. in general. It's kind of if you don't fit in the mold and you don't do and say what everyone else does, no. you know, in a small culture like this, then you are rejected. And it's very hard to be unique and be yourself. You've got to be really, really confident But to be able to do that. But then the show by poking fun of these same characters yeah. who have, in a way, oppressed mm -hmm. minorities exactly. and oppressed, you know, and had been so, you know, either yes. self-centered or whatever. It's no wonder that you're going to get, um, you know, marginalized sexualities coming up to yeah. you, people of different, you know, um, levels of being oppressed and, mm. and in the Arab world feel comfortable because these characters are not yeah. being hailed as But heroes. What's beautiful <laughs> is they are comfortable uh, to send me videos of them playing my characters and then they're comfortable for me to share them because I check with them, you know, you sure you want to share this? And they're like, yeah, with full-on beard and a headscarf or whatever, <laughs> they're okay with it. And then when I share it, um, I like that my Instagram actually is not huge. It's people that really are following me. It's not just yeah, followers. I yeah, don't. Yeah. Um, so I have a connection with most of them. They are also very accepting and love when the guys, you know, post these videos yeah. and they really get excited well, and, and laugh. Seen, and they you don't... know, people of all ages and nationalities. Yeah. I, mean, we're not just... I mean, the way we've been talking now, Danya, is very different, I think, than the way we were talking when we did our first interview years Definitely. ago. Uh, that was uh, such a jolly interview and such a, a fun <laughs> interview we did. Well, um, I think we've met in person since. So. Well, not only that, but yeah. also the fact that you're now in a stage of your life where you're trying to have more of an impact, a direct yeah. impact mm. on certain topics that mm. uh, people didn't want to talk about. And here I want, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you about this Lebanese show mm -hmm. you were on. Because mm. um, I know once you told me, you know, you always get the typical questions and everybody wants you to be jolly, do yeah, your job yeah, on the yeah. interview and leave the studio. Yeah. But in this case, you actually found that uh, the questions were quite profound and in Arabic. Yes. Uh, was the show Ma Audib? Yes. Yeah. Can you tell me about uh, that experience? So it's with or against, where you're asked really serious questions, and they even bring bring like a psychiatrist on to talk about you know whatever the topic is, um, and the topic was about stardom and um, leaving the limelight. You know how can you possibly do it, mm -hmm. and what are the fears of it, and how did you accomplish doing it? And then they brought. Um, two younger guests who one had had a bit of stardom in one of these reality TV shows and one who was and left and stopped doing it because she felt it affected her and now she's a travel agent mm. and another guy who's desperate he's doing anything to just be famous wow. you know singing wow. some really bad songs in a shower <laughs> you know in Egypt doing anything to be famous wow. and so she questions them and, um, and then they talk to me about how did I find the balance to keep going away and coming back what is it that makes me keep Um, out of the limelight. For me, there's a recharge. I usually come back excited and creative with a new idea um, that's usually risk-taking, you know, because it's completely different than maybe how people have seen me before. Um, but at least it's something I'm passionate about. It's not me stuck in the same job that I know it works, it's safe, and I stay in the same program for five, six years, putting up with things that maybe, you know, I don't want to put up with, mm. and it's not worth it for my own happiness right. or health. So, you know, if I feel that I'm repressed or subject, um, subjugated to things that I don't agree with and I'm feeling uncomfortable, I quietly 
back out mm. you know mm. I stop doing a show or I don't make a big fuss I act a bit stupid like I didn't get it mm. you know mm. and I'm out but I really suffered in Superstar in the second year I really did because I wasn't willing to do that whether it was with what I had to wear and what I had to put up with in dress rehearsals <laughs> I was like crying in the dressing rooms wow. being and like, yet the, when the show aired and everybody yeah. saw you and it was so popular and I think it cemented yeah. your name in, uh, the, in terms of uh, TV Arabic TV uh, people saw a completely polished you know mm. carefree sort of um, image and it's so courageous of you to revisit that and say you may have seen that and mm. seen me as this glamorous center of a mm. talent show which was one of the first wasn't it in the yeah, yeah, world yeah. And, and to have a woman presenter and, yeah. and all that but behind the scenes there was a lot going on yeah and nothing in comparison to what was going on in other places with other artists you know I heard the stories and I was like horrified what was um also disturbing for me was watching the effect of instant stardom to the contestants on on the contestants you know I could see how bad actually it was rather than good for them Mm. I could see how people were idolizing them in the audience when they were singing on stage but then they'd be um, kicked out the next week and they'd sit amongst the audience and nobody would talk to them no. and not bother with them. And they'd just the be interested. It's the same human being. It's the same human being. So I could see really what stardom can do. Uh, you're, you're not afraid, Rania, to, to talk about uh, these issues. You're not afraid of... Uh, no, uh, I think people are speaking up a, more nowadays. Yeah. And what do I have to lose? It's not like I am in a job that someone's going to get rid of me I pretty much produce my own things in in, I don't know I managed to somehow Mm. it's not like I have a job to lose even when I took a stab at Sasha Abinejmi as a singer if I was a singer full-time and that's all I did I know that that could ruin my career and that I'd be in a mess if I said that about other singers (laughs) but as I'm not continuously doing that I had two albums and I stopped because I didn't like the atmosphere of that either you know because in the Arab world um, we don't have copyrights, pretty much. So we do not make our money from our music and our albums. Still, we make it from sleazy yeah. private parties. Mm-hmm. And that is all it is about. Yeah. And when I discovered that, you know, I wasn't willing to do it. So I had the albums, but I couldn't go further <laughs> with that. Yeah. So unfortunately, many things that I did do, I realized, oh, this is a dead end road again. But but they were dead ends, were they, Rania? Because... Now they're going to function as part of this show that you're going to yes, do. Yes, yes. And so these seemingly dead M's yeah. actually were part of the journey. Yes. Uh, Habibti, I want to uh, turn to something that's going to uh, come out soon, inshallah. And, uh, you know, I'm always saying what's next for Rania Kurdi. Now we're talking about a Jordanian film, a new yeah. Jordanian film. Can you give us a little I'm really hint looking that? forward to that Aye, because tala, tala. it was a beautiful experience doing this Jordanian film. And it's not often that a film and a cast and a story comes across, you know, comes my way that I will like. And actually she's a... Um, this is her debut feature film, the director. Her Do name's Hanadi Alayan, and she's a graduate of UCLA. 
Um, actually, she went there on a scholarship. So she's already done a lot of TV work in Dubai. Um, but, you know, she went back and, and did a And so film this school. was filmed in Jordan. So it was filmed in Jordan with a very well-renowned actress called uh, Juliette Awad, mm. who usually does Bedouin stuff. So oh, it's wow. so nice to see her as a funny woman in a modern movie. Yeah, yeah. And the way the chemistry happened between me and her, we were improvising extra stuff or changing the, the way we would say the line made it, you know, completely have a different new life that Hanadi was really um, happy with. And it's a story of three women from three different generations. So I'm the middle one and we have Samira Al-Asir, who's half British, half Jordanian, um, play the younger uh, female lead. And Juliette is the older. And it's interesting because Juliette is very traditional and very Jordanian. Well, she's Armenian, actually, <laughs> by origin. Yeah. Um, and she's one of the first female actresses to have gone and studied in Russia drama and have oh, wow. a career. And she's married to an actor. You know, she's really lived the life of an actress properly mm -hmm. and struggled here with with all the issues. And then I kind of come in the middle, you know, mm -hmm. with my experiences and I'm half British and the opportunities I had to go to drama school, whatever, are different. And then meeting a younger version of me, Samira. Who's, who's half British. Yeah, actor. she's half British, <laughs> but, you know, she's a much different kind of from this generation you know tattoos has a husband with dreadlocks who's a tattoo <laughs> artist this. all three generations yeah. are in one is it, it was called nice. Beit Salma? yeah at the it, moment my, but it might change. might change yeah and because we're all a... fighting over Beit Salma basically oh. you know it's left in an inheritance it sounds amazing it's, it's a long feature we yeah. should mention this is not a short yeah. film yeah. and it's already wrapped up so now it's just a matter of, of, of you know yes of, so um, it should be the beginning of this year after it's been around festivals um, so Hopefully people can see it in different parts of the world. And maybe it's going to be a Netflix uh, movie as well. And uh, I play a, a social influencer. So I love the part. She's a real Ammani social influencer uh, who learns a hard lesson and then becomes real. So it's kind of the same message that I like talking about. And I got uh, to play. Character. Yeah. So we have that to look forward to in mm. 2020. And of course, the one woman show, which I hope, um, you know, you continue Um, working on and keeping us updated yeah. about because I, I do think, Rania, without embarrassing you, that you are in the stage where you are going to be able to not only liberate yourself, but mm. liberate others of, really uh, hope so. of things uh, that have gone silenced for yeah. way too long. And I'm planning a podcast soon as well. Ah, tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. Is it, is it, is I got jealous be... <laughs> of you. <laughs> well. <laughs> It's going to have two sides to it, a holistic one, talking about mental health and, and the tools that we can have to like help ourselves. And so I'll read lots of ex excerpts out of books that I've found really beneficial mm. and then I'll also interview creatives of all kinds to talk about their journey and how they keep some kind of holistic lifestyle you know what is it that helps them find balance balance and health right. having a creative career because usually we are the more sensitive people that end up being mm. creatives and then it's in a career that actually you have to be struggling and rejected in the whole time. So I think that's even harder. Yeah. Rania Kurdi, talking to you, really, we say in Arabic, you remind us that nothing is impossible. Your courage is really inspirational. Will you please keep us updated about your Definitely. travels? Your, Definitely, uh, your, Ramzi. Your, uh, I always enjoy doing your podcast so much. Thank it's, you, Rania. It's a thrill for me. Thank you. Habibi. Thank you. This is uh, Ramsey Salty with KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM.